0: One, two, three, four. I really like when people take like the opportunity to make one of my recipes or a recipe that, you know, it's like a baby. You see the baby, like, being born and then grew up, and then all of a sudden, it's like out there in the world and people are replicating it and making it their own and taking a little twist. And I like when people are adventurous, so they like, oh, I don't have this ingredient, and I don't like whatever, this. And so
1: they switch it to something else. I really like it. Hello, and welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. That clip you just heard was Gabby Million. Gabby's hard to pin down with words because she's so many things. Chef, teacher, and most recently, test kitchen manager at Bon Appetit, the holy grail for test kitchen chefs. Bon Appetit is one of the biggest food magazines in the world, And they also have a YouTube channel with over 5 million subscribers, often showing recipes from their test kitchen. The Buenos Aires native has an infectious energy that instantly makes you fall in love with her. A slightly less than compulsive organizer with an intuitive sense of the makings of a good recipe, she's the perfect person to keep the fast-paced test kitchen at Bon Appetit on track. In this episode, we talk about how she decided to become a chef at the age of 32, how she joined the Bon Appetit Kitchen as an assistant, the process of creating a recipe and working with the entire team, and finally, some of her favorite recipes. This was such a fun episode. I hope you enjoy. I'm here with the amazing and talented Gabby 1000000 I'm a huge fan of Bon Appetit. I absolutely love their YouTube channel and their magazine, of course. What makes their channel so great is their unprompted, unscripted, charming interactions with each other. You can tell that the chefs are very down to earth, they're not desperate for you to like them, and they really highlight the flaws and the mishaps of the show, which makes them all the more relatable. So, Gabby, I know that you mentioned that you went to university for journalism. So why, at the age of 32, did you decide to become a chef?
0: Uh, basically, I wasn't planning to become a chef. There was a funny turn of events. We, A friend of mine discovered that a culinary school in New York, uh, Institute of Culinary Education, had a work-study program. And the work-study program was an exchange of 1,300 hours of work unpaid uh, in exchange of a tuition that it was $26,000. So I decided to take it because, you know, cooking was always, you know, in the back of my mind. I cooked several times. I was working in restaurants in the front of a house. So, you know, I wasn't like far away from the field. And so I signed up without thinking too much. And then throughout the program, I realized that was actually my true passion. And that's how I end up doing the first um, program and then getting hired, doing the other two programs that the school offered. So it was like one of like those impromptu decisions.
1: <laughs> it wasn't really planned. <laughs> yeah, and did you always kind of want to cook professionally growing up? Like was your... Uh, no, 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 all. I always cooked.
0: I always cooked and several times in my life, like even throughout college, uh, just to make ends meet. I will cook for others and I will sell food in parks and like plazas. I was selling empanadas in Argentina and cakes to friends of my dad's and like my dad and my mom. And, you know, like I remember cooking for a neighbor who was diagnosed with diabetes and he didn't know what to eat. So his job was right next to my uh, house so i will make him lunch every day when i was studying and he paid me of course and um, so yeah I was like it was a medium to like survive and make money and you know like so I never really thought of like becoming a chef but i was a cook
1: <laughs> right. and right after you graduated from um school what did what were your first jobs kind of as a chef and a cook
0: I actually was working for the culinary school after I graduated. Um, So after the amount of hours that you have to do to get your diploma, you have to like extern for, I think it was 250 hours. So I work in several restaurants. I was working at a restaurant part-time because I was also working as a purchasing person. And I was also working in this department, the work-study department that had all these students I was like managing 30 to 40 people um, weekly. There were also students that, like me, went through that program to then get their degree. So that was probably like, that can be my first job. And then, yes, I did when I work in different uh, restaurants, starting up in, you know, in the lowest part of the line that is usually making salads or prepping and if you're not familiar with the term, that means like chopping boxes of onions and <laughs> doing the dory job.
1: And so can you kind of tell me how you landed um, your position at the Bon Epsi Test Kitchen? So you started off as an assistant, right?
0: Right. Um, this is like fast forward many, many, many years after, um, maybe 14, 15 years after I Graduated from culinary school. I, in between that, I created a company because throughout those years working in the culinary school, I realized that teaching was my true passion. So I created a culinary school and a company, and I was teaching cooking and also to make some extra money, I got a vendors, a food vendor license. So I was selling empanadas in fairs and stuff. So anyway, that went on for a few years. And then in 2016, uh, 2015, actually, my mom got sick. Um, She was diagnosed with cancer. So I basically stopped working, stopped doing everything I was doing. And I survived with my savings and dedicated all my time entirely to my mom most specifically the last three, four months before she passed in January of twenty sixteen. So after she died, I encountered that I was just like broke, jobless, and like, you know, please sad. In the culinary school where I graduated at Ice Culinary, every Friday they send me these emails with, like, job listings. I took over, uh, started reading every Friday because I decided that I couldn't, like, revamp my business, but it was going to take me a while. And it was, you know, like, economy wasn't really good here either. And reading there, I find out that Bon Appetit, the magazine... This is before the videos, before everything that people know now. The test kitchen at Bon Appetit, most uh, exactly Brad, had posted an ad at the culinary school. It happens to be his culinary school too, saying that he needed a a test kitchen assistant part-time to help him. Basically, it was to like do dishes and shop and help him overall with the daily tasks. I don't know why I was drawn to it. I guess because it was part time. I guess because it was a magazine and it was tempting the idea of like, oh, okay, I went to journalism school and I can write. And, you know, like it was, I don't know, something about the ad mm-hmm. caught my attention. So I sent him an email and I said, I can't wait to put my rubber gloves and do your dishes. And <laughs> so he mailed me right back and we had an informal interview. I mean, because he wasn't the one who hired me. Carla Lally Music is the one who hired me. So basically, he was the desk kitchen manager. It's a position that they actually created for him because it didn't exist before him. So I went and I remember it was a Friday and he always, assists, he always tells the story that I was super friendly and he knew it was me. And then two days later, I interviewed with Carla and, and then the next day she called me and she was like, I offer you full-time money. Will you take it? And she was like, you're overqualified for this job. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm desperate for a job. It was really convenient because I live right off, you know, New York. and pretty close. It's only two stops on my train. And that's how I started in Bon Appetit. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's amazing. You probably never would have thought when you first took that role that you'd end up where you are today. Never in a million years. Yeah. Never. never. And for people that don't know, so what is kind of like a test kitchen? Um, in comparison maybe to, like, other restaurants.
0: Right. So any publication, all right, let me correct that, any good publication <laughs> that, you know, any, any recipe that you read in any magazine or website or whatsoever has to have a test kitchen. A test kitchen, like a name, it says, you know, it's right there in the name. We basically test and cross-test the recipes that are going to get published it's not that you know like I'm going to wake up tomorrow and be like oh I'm going to put two cups of flour and a cup of water and some sugar and I'm going to make put it in the oven and cut a cake no you have to measure things and you have to write down the amount of time and you have to like make people test you know like taste it, and then decide if everybody agrees on the name, on the, on how the recipe is written. So that's what we do in the test kitchen. We create a recipe from the moment of creation to the moment that it's born and it's published. Everything happens in the test kitchen.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And for your first day as a kitchen assistant, what was it like? Do you mind kind of like walking me through? Were you really nervous? Because Bon Appetit obviously is quite a big company
0: right um when I started working at Bon Appetit I knew it was a magazine and I actually had the magazine but my job was more uh, like the backbone you know like I couldn't really it was a job I mean it was fun and then uh it was pretty interesting to see how everything was created but it was also a very intense job one of those like oh geez, it's five o'clock already and you're so tired and it's so physical and and it's hard and boy, oh boy, what am I doing here? You know, like um, I couldn't even like, it took me months to grasp the idea of where I was, uh, you know, like where I was and where the significance of it. Um, And little by little, I started liking it and liking it better.
1: And yeah, so working in a test kitchen, it's so stressful. There's a lot of things going on. So how did you, how do you deal with kind of the stress or now are you kind of just accustomed to it? Like you're just used to things kind of being crazy.
0: I always joke that if you have less than one, less than two issues or problems at a time, you can't handle this test kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like you have one problem that's nothing (laughs) it's a i like because i mean if you work in a kitchen or a restaurant for that matter um it's a it's a fast-paced environment it's something that's it's constantly changing not a day it's equal to another day every day is different the challenges are different the issues are different the problems are different and when i say problems can be like um deliveries not showing up somebody getting sick a recipe being cut you know like things that you don't expect you know like to happen and like a refrigerator breaking um you know the, the list goes on so so that's the kind of work and environment that I like I like to be on the go I like to be moving and rushing and and like have a deadline and like that fast paced environment. I mean, you have to like it, otherwise you can't work in a kind of environment.
1: Yeah, of course. It's
0: not like a sitting down desk nine no. to five job.
1: Yeah, as a viewer, I just wanna say how proud I am to see how you started as a test kitchen assistant and then you moved quite quickly to the test kitchen manager. So That's amazing, so congratulations, yeah. So how was the process like that and how is this role now different um, from before?
0: Thank you, first, yeah, it makes me really happy and I know that encourages a lot of people. Um, The process was pretty long, basically. So I started in 2016 and a few months later was when Brad and Vincent started like shooting some videos. Um, Claire started doing like some of her videos, but I will say it didn't really take off until like 2017. Um, so I was still the assistant. I was the assistant for quite a while. It all started when Brad became more popular and busier, and he started to rely on me a lot more um, to help him with his daily duties. I don't know, if you look at the videos in the past, I was always like, oh, I'm always doing your job. Because I was, you know, because all of a sudden he's being interviewed and all of a sudden he needs to travel and all of a sudden he's shooting more hours. So, you know, like the daily ordering and the daily deliveries need to be like, you know, taken care of. And for a while I was doing my job and a big chunk of his without complaining. I was complaining, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm doing two jobs. So then, you know, it became the time that he was offered to become um, a test kitchen host and work for exclusively for Condena's entertainment and a step outside of the kitchen. So I was interviewed for the position. I mean, I, I, I wanted to become the test kitchen manager. Uh, so it was just like naturally like something that I apply, and I knew that, you know, I knew the, the job pretty well. Uh, so that's when I got formally hired as the test kitchen manager. I was like the unofficial test kitchen manager for a while. And then I was formally hired in, oh gosh, I don't remember, in 2018. In January of 2018, I was formally formerly hired as the test Kitchen Manager. So it was just like a slow transition, I would say, but steady.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's amazing. And are you still able to kind of create your own recipes? And I know you kind of have your own kind of brand, like Gabby's Kitchen. So do you still have the time to work on that as well?
0: I, well, now, you know, the, the situation with working from home have changed. Yes. I decided little by little I want to invest time on that. I'm also in the process of writing an outline for a book. Yeah, I do I do try to keep up with my own um, recipe writing. Um, and I also participate in the meetings, you know, the process to create a recipe for Bon Appetit. It's, it's a longer process than when we start testing the recipe their first bunch of meetings, ideas meetings, we call them. Don't forget that we are always like two, three months ahead due to, you know, like the process of printing a magazine. So, for example, right now we are almost in June. This is the last day of May when we are talking. And we are already talking about Thanksgiving, that that's in November. So... So the whole process takes a while and you have to participate in meetings that are called ideas meetings where people, you know, like pitch in their ideas and then editors and the editor in chief they also have a separate meetings and they decide if an idea is worth it or not. So It's a very interesting process, to say the least.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and where do you kind of get your inspiration from when you create recipes? Is it from your background and your heritage?
0: I think it's a mix of everything. I think a lot of people get inspired by reading others, gets inspired by going out to restaurants. Uh, Sometimes it just comes to you while you're prepping something that you make daily and then You know, you run out of an ingredient and you're like, oh, wait, let me try this. And then you're like, oh, I like this. I going to pitch this idea. Or like, it's like a constant, like exactly like writing a story or like creating a movie or thinking about something that you want to build or some, I don't know, if you are a seamstress, a dress that you want to make. It's exactly the same. You're like, oh, what about if I make savory something? You know, like, Mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to have uh, what we call in the industry, and I try to teach this when I teach uh, children and young adults, is to have what we call a flavor profile, because it's not the same. If I said, what do you think of, I'm going to say something very easy, but like, if I tell you, do you think chocolate and strawberry go good together? You can take a mental note and be like, oh, wait a minute, I like chocolate. I know how it tastes. I like strawberries. I know how it tastes. So you can actually put that together in your head. So that's why it's important to kind of have, to be open to try things, to try different cuisines. And that's why it's so important restaurants, you know? So, and that's where you kind of feed your mind to create new things.
1: Yeah. And yeah, speaking of that, have you dealt with kind of failure either with a job or maybe just creating a recipe?
0: Oh, yeah. It happens. I mean, no, maybe like personally, no, but I've seen it. I've seen uh, in the test kitchen recipes that it gets killed or 86. That's what we say in the restaurant. Yeah. Like you wake up one morning and you think that your idea is wonderful. But then when you put it into a plate you realize it doesn't look good it doesn't taste good nobody likes it and it's not gonna survive so it gets cut down (laughs) yeah it happens I've seen it (laughs)
1: yeah and so like Bon Appetit has a cult following now like over 5 million subscribers on YouTube there's meme accounts Um, and how has this affected kind of your everyday life do people come up to you during the like, during the day? Well, maybe not as much now because we're not out, but kind of before. Well, oh, you'll
0: be surprised. still now. People like, <laughs> you know, with the, it's funny because I walk around with, you know, with, like, my face mask. And a lot of people recognize my dog because he's on my Instagram a lot.
1: Yeah. So I had
0: people coming up and be like, oh, I recognize your dog. He <laughs> started changing, like, I would say, like, I don't know, two years ago. First time was weird, which is, like, I was shopping at Whole Foods and like these couple started following me. <laughs> oh, really? And then they were like, excuse me, are you happy from the desk kitchen? And you're like, Ooh, you know, like, I mean, it doesn't, it never gets old. Sometimes, some people are, I mean, I've been into like, weird situations that you are like, okay, dude, stop staring at me, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I'm really approachable and, you know, like I don't mind taking a selfie, but obviously not now yeah with social distancing going on but you know like I, I I like to interact with people I like to hear their stories uh why not you know it's part of being who we are it's it's, it's a very interesting it's a very interesting world
1: <laughs> yeah do you like do you like filming the the YouTube videos oh, um, it's so much fun is it so it's
0: much, much fun. fun it's so much fun you have to you have to love it otherwise you can. If you don't like to be on camera, you can't do it. It's just like, it's. and now that we're doing it by by ourselves at home, I mean, we all took like a crash course in, you know, how to like do videos with an iPhone. (laughs) It's just like, it's amazing the technology, you know, like learning how to put a microphone on by yourself and trying out if it works or not. And it's, it's a very interesting new world, I would say. I like it. I
1: love it. Yeah, it, like social media definitely it's bringing everyone together, and that's great. Yes. Yeah, you're still able to connect with your audience. With You're able to do IGTVs, I've seen, and Instagram Lives. And yeah. what's kind of like your favorite recipe that either you've created and also maybe that another test kitchen um, has created and that you've got to taste?
0: Oh, wow. So many. Well, the one thing that I love that I created and is creating a commotion right now, I did that people love them you have no idea how many messages I get daily of people like oh I love them I really like when people take like the opportunity to make one of my recipes or a recipe that you know it's like a baby you see the baby like being born and then grow up and then all of a sudden it's like out there in the world and people are replicating it and making it their own and taking a little twist and I like when people are adventurous, so they're like, oh, I don't have this ingredient, and I don't like whatever, this. And so they switch it to something else. I really like it. And I feel like before, I mean, cooking books have been around for hundreds of years, but I pretty much know that my grandmother, who was an excellent cook, will go out to the market and buy a piece of fish or something and ask the fishmonger, or the lady standing right next to her, how do you cook this? And that's how she will come up with a new recipe. And then if she liked it a lot, she will take a note and write it down in a little card so she'll remember it the next time, you know? So that whole process from ingredients to plating, it's um—it's it's a quite interesting process. So yeah, if I had to pick, I would say carnitas. I'm in love with like, Chris Morocco's meatloaf bulgogi that just came out couple weeks ago I was part of the cross-testing crew I cross-tested it in my house and it was super interesting because I tested it and he tested it but we couldn't we share notes but in the test kitchen we basically we all test the same thing so now it's a little bit different we have to trust each other's um comments and testing like You're tasting it and I'm tasting mine, but you're not tasting mine and I'm not tasting yours. You understand what I mean? Yeah. I was going to ask,
1: how does that work? Because you guys are making... uh, So
0: we basically, we know, we know each other's, we know each other so well, I would say that we know what people like and what people dislike. Um, So it's, it's, it's fun. And I think it brought us closer together somehow. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and where do you kind of see yourself? Like, what's your next kind of step, maybe down the line? Like, I know that you said that you're planning, you're writing a book. Is that is that a cookbook? Is that a biography? Uh, It's not a cookbook
0: yet. I am. I'm. I I can't tell much, but it's a little bit of why I cook, and you know, like little essay that I wanna write. So yeah, obviously, cookbook is on the horizon. I seriously I and maybe you can help me with this. After this whole thing, I I like to leave voice messages and you know I left the voice voice messages on Instagram too. That's how we met. And I love to leave these long voice messages on WhatsApp and everyone and everyone makes fun of me
1: and they were like, Oh, I got your podcast Yeah, oh my gosh, you should definitely, you should start so, a podcast. So, yeah,
0: so that got me thinking that we like to have a podcast. Yes. Because why not? I have so much to say.
1: <laughs> you, you do, and I know that you have very loyal followers that, like, definitely I am one of them, oh, and I would love to listen to you.
0: Yeah, and then teaching, teaching. I would teaching, like to do something yes. that is, like, teaching young adults. I feel like uh, I taught in culinary schools for grown-ups and children, and then when I work as a teacher... In the middle school and lower school, we have some cooking classes after school programs for children. But I feel like there is a gap, at least here, of things for teenagers. Uh, you have like plenty of things to do with young kids, but then twelve to eighteen year olds, they don't have
1: I couldn't agree agree more. Like I am I'm twenty-three now, but when I was um, a teenager in university as well, like I, I didn't know what to cook. Like, especially when I moved out for the first time during, after university, I, I had no idea what to do. I'm like, there's nothing out there. How can I cook? And also being kind of just lazy I wanted to like recipes that are quick and easy. But now with social media, you can tell that it's so easy to follow like a video um, or even when you do like Instagram lives or your recipes, they're quite easy to follow. So for someone like me, who's not, I'm definitely not a chef, but um, I'm a really big foodie and I do like recipes that are easy to replicate. Yeah. Also,
0: you know, it's like, I feel like the majority of children, young adults, like they go to college and they, nobody told them how to cook anything. I know the first few years, they're not allowed to cook in dorms and stuff like that. But like, I think that cooking is such a life, such important life skill. So I would like to like dedicate most of my time to advocate to that, to teaching cooking and and growing food and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. And what advice would you give to um, students or people either like post-grad or interested in either becoming a chef or working in a test kitchen?
0: Right now, you know, we're in a very different living situation. Uh, hopefully, like, we'll go back to having a schools open and all that stuff. Don't discard culinary school. I know culinary school is something, like, kind of expensive for some. For other people, impossible. But nowadays, like you say before, with social media and videos and YouTube and stuff, if cooking is truly your passion, just just follow your instincts, just follow your guides, start cooking and, and cook for your family, for your friends and, you know, like learn about ingredients, think outside of your box, um, go work in a restaurant you know, like somewhere that you've never been to. Like, for example, when I travel, the first thing I do is, like, I visit visit the markets and the supermarkets to learn about different ingredients, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, like, luckily in New York City, you can basically find anything you want, but not everybody lives in New York City. So, broaden up your, you know, the spectrum of things, ingredients, you know? Just go for it. Just follow your guide. Also like in cooking doesn't mean necessarily like you have to be working in the kitchen there's all all these other aspects like I said it can be from purchasing to teaching to writing to like taking pictures of food you know like so there are so many like um, aspects of that what a recipe or, or or food has behind so don't think that only working in a restaurant is what a culinary career will give you you know not necessarily is that it's many, many, many other things.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah, a lot of things are changing with social media. Like, you might not even have to go to school, right, to to be right. a
0: chef. Right. And a lot of those chefs that we know, like, big names, chefs, a lot of them didn't go to culinary school. But they did work in restaurants from a young age. So they learn basically hands-on, you know. So it's a different type of learning. But it's quite you know like it's like it's equally
1: important for sure and just the last question what is your go-to quarantine recipe?
0: yeah, <laughs> I do a lot and if you look at my Instagram at one point I was like I, I always have eggs I do a lot of like frittatas and tortilla like tortilla de papas a lot of like whatever is in the fridge throw it in a cast iron with eggs put it in the oven It's the easiest. I can make a large one. I can eat it for a few days because the the, the difference for me is like I live by myself and I don't mind eating leftovers, but how many days can you eat leftovers, right? It's different when you live with family that you can make a large, I don't know, whatever dish. And you know, between today and tomorrow's lunch, it will be gone. So I try to cook with what I have. It's not that I, Oh, I choose a recipe and then I start looking for the ingredients. No, I try to go through my fridge and use what's getting older or, you know, like what I know it's gonna die the next day. And turn it into something easy and good.
1: Thank you so much, Gabby. It was awesome hearing your story, and I can't wait to see what you do in the future. If it's a podcast, if it's a it's a cookbook, um, I'm sure or all
0: of
1: the above. <laughs> <laughs> all of the above. That and that makes me more than more than excited to see what what you bring forward. So thank you so much again. And
0: thank you for having me. And uh, good luck to you. I love this idea. I love the the podcast I hope more people get to listen to it and we'll see um I will keep cooking and maybe one day I can interview you <laughs> oh,
1: that would be the dream
0: <laughs> that would be so fun right yes Bye, stay, stay well
1: and that was Gabby Million. If you're ever looking for tasty recipes or even looking to brighten your day, check out Bon Appetit's videos on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who has been supporting my podcast. It's been such a dream. Never in a million years did I ever think I'd interview anyone from Bon Appetit. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.